Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Thank you for being here tonight uh, on a Wednesday. Weather's about to turn, falls upon us, I hope. Praying for cold weather. <clears throat> the Lord is good. And it uh, doesn't matter what season of life you're in uh, or how dark things may look sometimes, He's still good. And it's good to pause every once in a while and just recognize just exactly how good He is. I don't have an opening text tonight. I do have a lot of uh, several pieces of scripture, but I'm not necessarily going to open with the text, but I'm going to dive into just a little Bible study lesson here tonight. I want to talk to you for a little while on 13 lies to avoid. A little bit of a peculiar topic, but we must recognize tonight that Satan, our adversary, is the father of lies. And if he can lie to you, he's going to. But here's the problem. He is not going to robe himself in a red Halloween costume with a pitchfork and approach you in a very obvious manner and let you know that it is he, the devil, who is lying to you. It's not going to happen. He's going to approach you through friends, Family, acquaintances. He's going to approach you in ways that on the surface may even seem right. But sometimes we have to really have that discerning of spirit that pastor's been talking about in the gifts of the spirit to know the difference. So if he can lie to us, we w- he will. So I want to kick off tonight with number one. The number one lie to avoid. And the lie is this. There is... No truth. There are people that believe that. There are people that believe that truth is abstract and that there is no such thing. And you start talking to some people about black and white truth, they don't want to hear it. Because they would just as soon believe their lie as it would to believe that they need to do something different. But there is a truth. And Jesus said to us in John chapter 14 and verse number 6, The Bible says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's important to see here that he specifies that he's not just a way, but he's the way. He's not just a truth, because there's many forms of truth, but he is the truth. And he's not just a life, he's the life. So he's given us emphasis, and and it's even written that way in the original text, that it is a the truth, the life, the way, a very pointed emphasis in the fact that there is a truth. Number two lie to avoid is if I am good enough, I will get to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse number 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, 
and all our righteousness is or are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So in all of our goodness tonight, our goodness is nothing more than a dirty rag. So can you be good enough? No. There is nothing that we can do. There's no charitable event we can attend. There's no tithe so big that we can give. There's no offering so great that we can give that can buy us goodness. There's no act of kindness. You know, uh, performing a random act of kindness in the drive-thru and paying for someone's lunch behind you, as noble as that is, that's not going to get you credit in heaven. You can't be good enough to get into heaven. You have to be saved. <clears throat> you don't have to sound like a 13-year-old girl in the process. But you've got to be saved to get into heaven. And that's something I can't earn. You and I can't earn salvation tonight. But we're granted salvation by grace. And I thank God for that tonight. Aren't you thankful for grace tonight? That, that we, are, we are offered this opportunity to be saved. The number three lie. Man, if I keep up at this pace, you guys are going to love me forever. I told Pastor tonight, I said, I'll make a lot of friends tonight, but I've probably either made it up already in the past or I'll make it up again at some point in the future. He looked at me and smiled. He said, go make some friends. Amen. Number three, lie to avoid. When I am on my own, I can do what I want. I would dare say that we naturally would point that one more to our younger folks, but I think it applies to all of us. Romans 13 and 1 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. And from a very natural and practical perspective tonight, everybody answers to somebody. You will never... We don't have too many young folks here tonight, but you will never escape having to listen to an answer to someone. You have an employer. Some of us may like that. Some of us may not. They tell you what to do. So, well, I don't like that, so I'll own my own business. Great. Guess who you get to listen to? Your customers. They pay the bills. So, if you don't listen to them... Probably not going to have a business very long. So you're answering still yet to someone. There is no topic. There is no way of getting out on your own and doing what you want. You may do what you enjoy for a season, but it will be short-lived because our answer is unto that of the power of God. Somebody say amen. The fourth lie to avoid is the things I do now are not important. Anybody ever felt that way? If we're honest with ourselves, anybody ever walking through this, this life, this journey of life, feel like, that? well, I'm just spinning my wheels, what I'm doing right now is not important. Church doesn't need me. Job doesn't need me. Family doesn't need me. It's not important. Oh, but it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 12 reads, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, Precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest. 
For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So there's a job to do. Look at your neighbor tonight and say, there's a job for you. Look at your other neighbor tonight and tell them there's a job for you. Now point at yourself and say, self, there's a job for you. Yeah, some of you didn't do it. That's all right. But there's a job, and it's important. It's very important. The things we do now have meaning. Even the things we do now that are wrong, they have meaning. Maybe the wrong meaning, but they have meaning. So it's important that we steer ourselves in the right direction. The fifth lie to avoid is, and this is a big one, is that my past determines my worth. How many ever felt that way? Felt like when you looked in the mirror, you still saw the person from yesterday. But you need to acknowledge tonight what God has done in you since that time is the perfect will of God. You may not be where you want to be yet, but if you're not where you were, then you're somewhere else. Amen. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. In other words, what, what happened yesterday is not as important. What's the most important thing in my life right now is that I forget about those things and I reach forth unto those things that are in front of me. What's in front of me? What's in front of me now is compared to yesterday, it's a new life. It's a different life. It's a life that it has meaning. It's a life that has purpose. It's a life that is worth living. Your past does not define you. It only provides a framework for your testimony. Amen. There, there's no reason why any of us, I, I, I think you may disagree, and that's all right, that's your prerogative, but there's no reason why we need to forget our past. But we need to remember the past enough to provide a framework to say, thank God I'm not where I used to be. And sometimes we forget just exactly how far we've come if we're not doing some analysis on what that looked like. Brother Terry, when I look over my shoulder a few days ago, <clears throat> I had a lump in my throat. I couldn't get that, get that out. But when I look over my shoulder a few days ago and I measure the me then to the me now, I hope I see a difference. And I don't measure my worth today based on who I was then. I measure it based on who God wants me to be now. How much am I listening? Because we have options. We can completely destroy the will of God in our life if we want to. How do you know that? Well, I know that just by one very simple verse that says, Quench not the Spirit. So if it's possible for us to, if the, if the writer felt compelled to declare to us, Quench not the Spirit, that tells me that the Holy Ghost is not so powerful on you that you don't have control. We have to surrender. We have to submit. God, God is, as Pastor often says, God's a gentleman. So he's not going to force himself on you. 
So we have the option to praise him. We have the option to submit to his will. We have the option to surrender to his purpose. But that past does not define me. The sixth lie to avoid is that the easiest way is the best way. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 4 says, Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have, not, ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. How many enjoys a good spanking? I think that's probably a Kentuckian term, spanking. I'm not sure. A whipping? How do, you, how do, how do we say it here? Spanking? Whipping? Beaten? I'll beat you within an inch of your life? Now somebody's, somebody's said that statement before, surely. I know there's a couple of guys in here that used to get chased around the kitchen with a skillet. So, somebody's heard it. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth. Man, that's a powerful word right there. Every son whom he receiveth. What this tells me tonight is the easiest way isn't always the best way. It's a hard road to travel to be told you're wrong. How many enjoy it? No takers? No volunteers? There's nobody in here that enjoys being told you're wrong? No, not a one of us. But that happens sometimes. And it happens from God sometimes. It happens from other people sometimes. It happens whenever you don't ask for it sometimes. You can get blamed for things you didn't do. It happens in life. But the easiest way, and searching for the easiest way... To become the best way is a good way to get out of the will of God because he will correct us. But in correcting us, he's doing it because he loves us. So don't fall prey to believing that the easy way is the right way because it's not. doesn't mean life has to be hard either. But we shouldn't be seeking out the easy path. Number seventh lie, to avoid. And this is popular. This has probably been popular for about 30 years now. If it feels good, do it. Because it seems to be still the, the mantra of this age that I don't want to work for anything, but I want to enjoy. I want to have fun. And I'm not here to pick on millennials tonight because they're not the only ones that behave this way. But it is a popular thing in our society today that if it takes work and effort, I don't want to do it. Give it to me. You owe me. Sister Rhonda, you owe me. <laughs> and if it doesn't make me happy, I'm not going to do it. I've got, a, I've got an employee at work, works in, well, it don't matter where he works. He works at work. That's all we need to know. He is in his mid-20s. He has no clue what he wants to be when he grows up. No clue. 
Good guy. Lots of potential. More potential than he even realizes. Not sure he wants to work for it, though. Just wants to chase whatever feels good, whatever makes him happy. I had a conversation with a guy this morning about this very topic, and we, we were in agreement on it, how, how that life sometimes you have to do things that just don't make you happy. So Hebrews 11 and verse number 25 says, Choosing, this is talking about Moses, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So there may be times in our life where we have to make hard choices. Choices that aren't fun. Choices that don't feel good. And it may even take us away from some pleasure, but if it draws us closer to God, then that's the ultimate goal. Is because it's a lie to think, it's a lie from the devil to think that everything in life should be great, fun, and feel good. Because it's not going to. Moses set a pattern of example for us whenever he chose to leave the castle of the princes to live with the people of God where he belonged. The eighth lie to avoid is that my friends and my family will be with me forever. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And what that tells me is, is there is a, a, a line that we cross in this life, from this life to that life, where that I don't know where my family will be. Because this is a no-so salvation. Every man and woman has to be saved for themselves. I'm not serving God tonight for my parents. There, there were people that made accusations to my parents when my brother and I were growing up. And they would, they would tell them, you're, you're too hard on those boys. You shouldn't make them go to church. Uh, when, when, when they get old enough to make their own decision, they're not going to go to church. And, and you'll, you'll see exactly what this is all about. And my, I can remember it so loud and clear in my mind that the response from both my mom and my dad would be this every time. That may be true, but until we're no longer responsible for them, they're going to church. Amen. Because they were setting a pattern of behavior for us that not only what they expected, but of what God expected. And by putting that in us, when I moved out on my own and I was no longer under their direct guidance, I didn't stop going to church because I had developed a relationship with God that I wanted to serve Him for me, not for my mom and dad. But there is a point where, a point of separation where we all must make those decisions. And it is a tragedy for people to not serve God to their fullest out of fear of what will happen in their family. Whatever's going to happen in your family is going to happen in your family regardless. You might as well serve God. All right, that may be hard tonight, but my relationship with Him is about me and Him. And I am no good to my wife as a husband if I don't first have a relationship with God. I am no good to my son, even with him as a 19-year-old young man, I am no good to him if I don't first have a relationship with God. So there are certain things in life, again, not the easy choices, but we must 
consider are necessary. The ninth lie to avoid is that I do not have to change friends to follow Christ. That's the lie, that you don't have to change your environment. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. From just a very practical perspective, uh, what's the old cliche? If you hang around dogs, you catch fleas. There's a lot of spiritual guidance that can be found in that statement. If you hang around the wrong influences in your life, you will not be the influencer. More often than not, we are the influenced. I don't pretend to know why, but that seems to be how it is. But we are the influenced in our environments many times. So maybe it's not 100% necessary. No one is standing here telling you who to have friends with and who to spend your time with. But if who you're spending your time with is contrary to a positive relationship with God, then you need to consider a different environment. Because evil communications will corrupt good manners. And, and the lack of good manners, evil communication, will separate you from God. So we need to be careful what we believe tonight. Don't let the devil deceive you. The tenth lie to avoid is what I listen and watch does not affect the way I think. I am not, I'm certainly not anti-radio or music, and I'm not anti-TV. But we have to have a filter. We have to have some kind of screening process to make sure that what we are doing is not influencing us in a negative way. The Bible says in Philippians 4 and 8, Finally, brethren, popular verse of scripture, Whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. When we don't run things through a filter, it will affect how you think. If you listen to, you can listen to, and it's, uh, I don't know how popular this is these days. It's probably more popular than I realize. But if you go back to just the standard 80s rock era, there were, it was very common during that time period for people to say, especially my age group, for people to say, well, I don't know what they're saying. I just like it for the music. I just like the guitar music. I don't, I don't know what they're saying. But if you turned it on, they could sing every word. And even if they couldn't, all you had to do was look at them. All right, now this is in the 80s. I know this is before a few of you, and it's not before several of you, so this shouldn't be a shocker. But all you had to do, my generation in high school, all you had to do, Brother Mike, was look at them. Because they looked just like the people they were listening to. Long hair on the guys. Ripped up jeans, ripped up t-shirts. They looked just like their, the people that they idolized. So what was it doing? It was manipulating the way they thought. It was making decisions for them and they didn't even realize it. 
So we have to have a filter to run things through. It does matter. What you listen to does matter. What you watch does matter. I'm not here to try to even dare dictate to you what you should or shouldn't watch. You should have your own convictions on that. But coming up on the Halloween season, I will declare this very confidently tonight, that it is not God's will for you to watch horror movies. It is anti-God. It is full of evil. It has spiritual content to it. Where do you think Hollywood gets it from? They get it from the Word of God. There are things in the Bible that I have seen in past time life, uh, uh, in movies that I know no one could have got it anywhere but in the Word of God. It's evil to its core. And I don't care how good of a, a, a spook you like, have, have, have your husband sneak up behind the couch and scare you if, if it, that's what really matters. But don't invite those evil spirits into your home. Why do people struggle in their dreams? It's because they're being haunted by the evil. And it's not God's will for us to live a life where we come in here confused in our worship because we've got evil in our home. Amen. Having a filter matters. And it is a lie from the pit of hell to believe that those things do not affect the way that we live and the way we think. The eleventh lie is that there is no consequence for my sin. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Just the very price of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is a consequence. For every, what's, what's the, the, the law of, of science? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. For everything we do, whether it's good or bad, there is a consequence. There is an opposing action that happens, whether it's a, a word said that shouldn't have been or a good deed that was done. There's still a consequence. There's still an action that results from that. And the things that we do in life that have consequences in sin, that price, if it's unrepented of, that price is spiritual death. The twelfth lie to avoid. Man, I'm making good ground tonight. Friends on the way. Twelfth lie to avoid is that premarital sex has no effect on my life. Now let, let, me just, let me just say something here. That statement and the scriptures that I'm about to read is not just for our teenagers. What I have seen too many times, shockingly, is that our single elder generation somehow forgets what is right and what is wrong. Let me tell you something. If, if, you're, if you're not a teenager, and it doesn't matter what age group you fall into, but if you are at an elder stage of life, it still, just, it still looks just as bad for you to have someone single in your home alone with you than it does a 16-year-old. Maybe more so since you've been married. How much greater is your temptation once you have partaken? Well, amen. 1 Corinthians 6 and 15 says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord... 
is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. <coughs> we cannot, <coughs> excuse me, fall prey to the idea and the lie that there is no effect on us <coughs> because there is a very, very spiritual impact to those mistakes. Lie number 13, serving God is boring. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever thought that? It's okay to admit it. Once upon a time I did when I was a kid and I wasn't interested. Proverbs 19 and 15 says, Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep. And an idle soul shall suffer hunger. What granny used to say? Idle hands is the devil's workshop. She may have gotten it from this scripture. An idle soul shall suffer hunger. <clears throat> My translation of that tonight would be boring is as boring does. Serving God is what you make it. You ever been bored on the job? The most bored, Brother Fred, that I've ever been at work was when I had a clock on the wall where I could see it. And if I stared at that clock too much, it just ruined my day. Because all I did was well, watch the clock. And what happens when you watch a clock? It don't move. It's tick. And the longer you stare at it, tick. And you're sitting there wanting it to go, and it's not happening. I learned a long time ago not to stare at the clock. But it's what you make out of it. You put your effort into it, you quit looking at the clock, time goes by. You actually work, I'm, I'm speaking from a practical perspective right now. You actually work, my, my normal day at work, I get to work, get settled in my routine, have morning meetings to go through, and then I turn around and it seems like five minutes later it's lunchtime. That's all right, especially when you're hungry. From a spiritual perspective, serving God is often what we make of it. Your worship is what you make it. I'll tell you when church stopped being boring for me as a child, as probably a 10 or 11 year old. Church stopped being boring for me when I engaged in what was happening. When all I was interested in was coming to church because mom and dad was making me sitting on the back row with my arms folded waiting on church to be over, it took, felt like it took forever. But when I got involved, it seemed like we just got here. There is a time in our relationship with God where we need to stop coming to church with leaving on our mind. I'm here for a reason. It's 60 minutes to 90 minutes of my life. It's not like we're talking, we're spending all day here. I'm here for a reason and it's to worship God, to hear from God, to love God, to bless God, and to make sure that when I leave, I'm better than I was when I got here. 
and that requires my participation. So it is a lie from Satan to believe that serving God is boring when I have a hand in the outcome. Somebody say amen. In closing tonight, I want to recap the number one lie to avoid, and that was that there is no truth. Jesus saith in John 14 and verse number 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In the original text, the word the way not only means the way, but it means the path, the road, the direction, or the custom. Truth means, of course, truth, but it also has a meaning that means what is real. And life means not just life, but existence. So when I look at that from the original text, I look at it with a, a little bit more depth of meaning in that Jesus is not only the way, he's not only the way in that he's my road and he's my direction, but he should also be my custom. It's my custom to serve him. It's my custom to love him as the way. It's my custom to expect him or to accept him rather as the way in my life. He's not only the truth in my life, but he's everything that's real in my life. If you're looking for reality tonight, you don't need a reality TV show. All you need is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I look at him as the life, it's not just that he is the life and he is that he is my living right now, but he is my total existence. Ladies and gentlemen, we would not only be where we are tonight without Him, we would not be without Him. For from the foundation of the world He was. He is the very one that spoke us into existence. So He's not just our life, He is our existence tonight. He is the way, He is the truth in His life. There is a truth, if you'll stand with me tonight, I'm closing. There is a truth. And to pursue that truth, we must live in the absence of this world's lies. Don't be deceived by the devil. Don't be deceived by your enemy into thinking that there's a, a better way. Man, if there's a better way, I don't know how it could get any better. This is pretty good. Where else can you go? That you, have, that you have an opportunity to serve a God that understands you and that expects more from you than you expect from yourself. He wants growth. But He doesn't leave us by ourselves because He is our way, He is our truth, and He is our life. Thirteen lines to avoid. Thank you for putting up with me tonight. I hope somehow this is a blessing to somebody. Don't forget uh, tomorrow at 6 Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.